for someone living with osteoporosis, diabetes might not be top of mind. But did you know that if you live with diabetes, you are at increased risk of developing osteoporosis? I'm your host, Krista Lamb, and today on Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada, I'll be talking with Dr. Claudia Gagnon, who is a clinician scientist and an associate professor in the Department of Medicine at the Université Laval. Dr. Gagnon's work looks at the impact of obesity and diabetes on bone health. Welcome, Dr. Gagnon. Thank you, Krista. I'm really pleased to be here today. Well, first, let's talk about why someone with diabetes might be more likely to develop osteoporosis, because I was really intrigued to learn that. Yeah, and you're not the only one, I must say, because a colleague and I conducted a survey that included over 400 people living with type 1 and type 2 diabetes, and the great majority of them didn't know that there was a link between bone health and diabetes. So now to answer your question about what's the link and what are the causes of uh, bone fragility in people with diabetes, uh, it's quite complex, I must say, to start with. There are some differences between the two types of diabetes in terms of bone health, but there are also similarities. So one of the main differences, I must say, is that type 1 diabetes tend to happen earlier in life during adolescence. Having said that, we see now more and more people with type 2 diabetes that had a diagnosis at a really early age. So if it started before a peak bone mass achievement, you don't reach your full potential and you may end up having a lower bone density or bone mass. So one main distinction between type 1 and type 2 diabetes is that uh, people with type 1 diabetes tend to have a lower uh, bone mass than people without diabetes, whereas those with type 2 diabetes tend to have a normal BMD or even higher bone density than those without uh, diabetes. So that's one of the main uh, distinctions. Now, regarding the similarities, both types of diabetes, you know, you have high blood sugar level, chronic high sugar level, as most people know, may lead to diabetes complications, visual impairment, kidney damage, damage to your nerves. And so the same thing may happen in your bone. So longer term exposure to high sugar may lead to a decrease in bone quality. And so we think that's one of the main mechanisms that explains why people with diabetes have bone fragility. Another factor common to both types of diabetes is the risk of falling, especially if you have diabetes complication, such as diabetic uh, you know, visual impairment, if you have neuropathy, if you have a hypoglycemia, episode that may lead to fall and then fracture. And is there any connection between insulin and bone health? Because I know for people with type 1 diabetes, they would be insulin dependent from the time of diagnosis. Someone with type 2 diabetes may have a completely different situation, may not be on insulin, but I would really be interested in the connection. That's a really great question. So I guess that your question is relating to insulin treatment, right? So a few studies have shown that being on insulin treatment is a risk factor uh, for fractures in people with diabetes, but other studies haven't shown that. 
it's really unclear if that's the case, if there's a a direct effect of being on insulin treatment on increasing your risk of fracture. It may be like totally unrelated. For example, if you have type 2 diabetes and you're on insulin treatment, you're more likely to have had longer duration of diabetes, diabetes complications, hypoglycemia, and those are all risk factors for fracture in itself. So unclear at the moment if there's really a link with uh, insulin treatment. And what about the insulin that our bodies produces naturally, or in the case of someone with type 1 diabetes, doesn't produce? Does that have any impact or not at all? Another good question. We know that insulin, the hormone, increases bone formation. So that's what we call an anabolic hormone. In people with type 1 diabetes, before we start the treatment, they have like low insulin levels. Because of the high glucose levels, they might, might have another hormone that it's reduced that we call insulin-like growth factor one. That's also good for bone because it increases bone formation. So we think that in type 1 diabetes, low insulin and low insulin-like growth factor one may explain at least partly why they have a lower bone mineral density. And that's really, really interesting. And it sort of leads into my next question a little bit. I had understood that there are different types of diabetes, type 1 and type 2. And I've learned that there are other sort of offshoots of that related to certain conditions. For example, cystic fibrosis, it's not really type 1, it's not really type 2. So it's, it's a very specific thing. Is that similar in, in diabetes and osteoporosis or not at all? Another interesting question. I would say that context of bone disease in cystic fibrosis is, is quite different than what we see in diabetes. Having said that, it makes me think also to mention that people with type 1 diabetes are at higher risk of celiac disease. And celiac disease in itself causes a malabsorption of certain nutrients that are important for bone health. So that's kind of an additional risk factor for bone disease in people who have both type 1 and uh, type 2 diabetes. But the good thing with celiac disease is if you're adherent to your gluten-free diet, your bone health will improve. And I think that's very important because celiac is very common in type 1 diabetes. And so understanding how it relates to your bone health would probably be really helpful for people who are living with both. And so. My next question relates to if you're living with diabetes, either type 1 or type 2, are there things that you need to be looking for? Are there symptoms that you should be watching for? Or what should you be doing to sort of make sure that you're not moving into a situation where you're going to be dealing with osteoporosis? I think that the first thing is that if you experienced fragility fracture, that's really important to report it to your doctor or to your healthcare provider, uh, because that's not generally a question that your doctor will ask you. And in the same survey that we've conducted, we also asked the patients if their healthcare providers all already discussed with them the link between bone health and diabetes, and the majority of the respondents said no. So highlighting that it's important to mention it and say, look, I've, I've seen there's a link between the two, so I report it to you. And then 
your doctor will probably make sure that you have an adequate intake of calcium and vitamin D. The, the recommendations for people with diabetes are the same as for the general population. The other thing is to make sure that you perform a regular physical activity, because we know that physical activity is important for bone health, especially weight-bearing exercise, good for muscle, so maintain good muscle health as well as bone health, and also balance exercises. Because if you are at risk of falling, it's also very important to address that as a risk factor. So if you fell in the last year, you should also discuss that with your uh, doctor. Although it hasn't been really shown in studies, if you maintain optimal glycemic control, will it reduce your risk of fracture? It hasn't been studied yet, but it makes sense to think that if you maintain good glycemic control, so you avoid hyper as well as hypoglycemia, it will also be good uh, for bone health, as it is the case with the other diabetes complications. And it may also reduce the risk of uh, falling from a hypoglycemic uh, episode. Which is really important, and I hadn't thought of that. So thank you for mentioning that. The other thing that you said that I just wanted to reiterate to the listeners is that even if you don't fracture, you should let your doctor know that you have fallen. That's what you were saying. And, and I think that that's really good advice and something that if you don't fracture, you might not think about. Exactly. And if you haven't had a fracture, you know, in people aged 50s and over and who have type 1 diabetes, it may be good to have a bone mineral density test done. And as recommended for the general population in all men and women who are aged 65 and over. And no matter what the age for those who had a fracture. Yes, absolutely. And so if I'm someone who is living with diabetes, are there things that I can be doing to improve my bone health? And you mentioned diet and exercise. Are there other things I need to be thinking about? No, I think that these are the main, really the main messages uh, I want to people, you know, to retain is that, you know, maintain good calcium and vitamin D intake, regular physical activity. One thing that I didn't mention, though, is that people with diabetes may be uh, concerned about performing uh, physical activity, especially if that's new to them, because it might increase the risk of hypoglycemia. So I would again uh, recommend to them to discuss it with their doctor or healthcare provider uh, because they may give them tips on how to minimize the risk of hypoglycemia while they're doing their um, physical activity. Wonderful. And my last question for you today will be, do you think that there are any misconceptions that you have heard that people have about diabetes and bone health? One thing is that if someone with uh, type 2 diabetes has a bone mineral density test done, it's likely, as I mentioned previously, to be normal or even higher than expected. So the patient and also the doctor may think that, well, I'm not at high risk of uh, fracturing because my bone density test is good. So it's important to know 
that BMD testing has its uh, limitations, in, especially in people with diabetes. It doesn't really truly tell you the whole story about bone uh, fragility in this context. So BMD, if it's normal or high, may underestimate your risk of fracture. And it's other tools that we use to uh, assess or predict the risk of fracture in the population is a, a tool that we call FRAX. FRAX, actually it's kind of a calculator, online calculator that doctors use to see if they'll uh, initiate treatment uh, for osteoporosis. So it incorporates information such as uh, bone density, but also clinical risk factors. In these risk factors, you have like a secondary cause of osteoporosis and kind of diabetes is included in there. But it's been shown many times that this tool also underestimates fracture risk um, in people with type 2 diabetes, but perhaps also in people with type 1 diabetes. So it's, that's one of the misconceptions that both patients and doctors might have. That is really good information and something for people to think a lot about. And so thank you so much for being on the show with me today. I appreciate this. I've learned a lot. That was a great pleasure for me. Thank you. I'm Krista Lan, and you've been listening to Unbreakable, the OC podcast from Osteoporosis Canada. Today, I've been speaking with Dr. Claudia Gagnon about diabetes and osteoporosis. If you'd like more information on osteoporosis, visit our website at osteoporosis.ca. If you have questions or comments about this topic or about our podcast, reach out to us on our website or via social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoying the show? Hit the subscribe button in the podcast provider of your choice. Thanks for listening.